Greetings, Commanders, uh, and welcome to episode 252 We're not music. of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe <laughs> of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Souverine, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Commander Kurgel. Hey. Commander Edelweiss. Oh, I'm melting! <laughs> Commander Shan. Hello. And our special guest, Commander 100 Rub of the Anti-Xeno Initiative. Greetings, everybody. You forgot um, our job titles. See you. Oh, I did, indeed. Sorry. Uh, Shan is human res- no, our Inhuman Resources Director. Uh, Commander Edelweiss, or Ben Moss-Woodward, is our Head of Health and Safety. Uh, Commander Kurgel is... What are you, Kurgel? Lavian Space Program Director. <laughs> wow, gosh, that's rather impressive. Um, and uh, and I am Deputy Trade Attaché, apparently. Um, if you wish, uh, you can join us live. Uh, where are we, Ben? I am currently at the megaship Carson Spring in the Ark System, which is looking rather buggered up. And I believe Andy is here with me. Oh, yes. Um, excellent. And um, do you have uh, do you have Rub with you as well? Rub isn't here at the moment, I believe. I can uh, join you if need be. So Ben, are you in open? So I am if in any open. commanders want to come and blow you up, and exactly. <laughs> I am in open. <laughs> uh, what can you Always. see? What's there? All right. So, well, it's actually it's a really pretty place. Actually, it's right in orbit over. Um, let me just stop myself rotating so I don't feel sick when I go into my cockpit view. But we're in orbit over Arc 4E, um, which is a landable ice world, I think it is. Hmm. Um, it's lo- which, it looks really pretty anyway, and it's one of these nice little icy worlds that you can land on. It's like all bluey whitey and things like that. Yeah. Um, you realise I want rent for landing rent. on that. Rent. I want <laughs> oh, rent, rent for landing rent. on Yes, I yes, know. I you, you've got some details over here. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200 credits. If I change my perspective, actually, this planet and its moon could quite easily look like a snowman. Hmm. Nice. Um, you have, you have yeah. too much time on your hands, Ben. Well, I'd have to, no, I'd have too much time on my hands if I was to manipulate myself in normal space to get to this planet and its moon. To look like a space snowman, as as opposed to manipulating yourself in private. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and anyway, so Professor Palin's mega ship has arrived, and it's been slightly beaten up by Thargoids with lots of Thargoid spew, gunky, corrosive crud all over it. Um, Does it, yeah, it looks look basically? Like that? Oh yeah, it, it basically looks like. Hell yeah! It, it looks yeah, like the the Thargoids had a bit of a party and then left. So the, if you had a black light shining on this ship, oh god, yes. <laughs> it would be even worse. The stories that black light could tell. So the green mist that's around it is that actually corrosive? Is it like when you blow a Thargoid up and go through the cloud? You it doesn't get... seem to be. I, I'm I'm now flying deep within the Thargoid gunk, and. I don't seem to be actually melting myself. But there are none of them around. No, there uh, are no Thargoids or anyone like that here. They've all slept off. Yeah. Huh. 
And uh, they sort of pussy-tied, basically. Fair enough. Well, if you can't get in-game to join um, Ben and uh, our guests this evening, then you can uh, you can come and hang out with us on Twitch, um, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live and click on live chat, um, or twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Um, so tonight we're going to be mostly be uh, following the adventures of our AXI friends um, and our uh, embedded reporter, uh, Commander Edelweiss, um, in the ARC system. This is um, Sagittarius I, you know. <laughs> I'm just in the zone. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just channeling uh, being a reporter, being a space reporter. Can uh, I make things interesting? Go on. No! I will give 10 tons of void opals to the first person to blow Ben up. Yes. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, if you're doing that, let me change ships because I don't want to lose my NPC. I don't want. To... <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> who's seen? Uh, who's seen John Wick three? No Challenge spoilers. what, Andy? Nobody. Fine. Never mind. There's a scene at the beginning when uh, he gets a contract put out on him, and, and there's this sort of montage of lots and lots of different assassins all being like, "Ooh, I could make a load of money." And they start like polishing the guns and stuff, just sort of envisaging that. Um, but anyway, before we get on to um, destroying Ben, uh, let's talk about what's been going on this week. Um, Shan, how have you been? What have you been up to? Oh, had a crazy, hectic week, um, both family and in-game. Um, Family-wise, went to see youngest mini Shan um, oh. at his kind of like uh, summer oh. camp with the household cavalry. Um, they were at Holcomb Beach and had an open day there where he was um, nominated as a trumpeter as part of the musical ride for the household cavalry, which is basically the horse equivalent of the, of the Red Arrows, if you see what I mean. Holcomb Beach in Norfolk? Yes. Ah, I used to live in Norfolk. I used to go to, to, go to Hol- oh, Holcomb Beach. So yeah, that was quite a good day out. And today we've just gone back from uh, Nottingham, um, where eldest Minishan uh, collected his uh, law degree. So, hey, congratulations to the Shan household. And um, why yeah. do you call that one Elvis? Is that his name? Well, it's, I thought you said eldest. Oh, I thought you said Elvis. <laughs> I thought it was like a nickname for one of but the. He had, he had I thought little, he said Elvis he as well. Got, he has got a little bit of a quiff, but I don't. Right. Okay. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't eat as many hamburgers as the real Elvis. So. <laughs> Practices a bit more law. Okay. Cool. Um, gosh, that sounds useful. Um, and what yes, have you been doing, game? Um, I've been progressing my third account. I'm seeing how quickly I can get an elite rank in it. Um, so I am 16 hours in and have 20% to go, um, before it gets trade elite. So I'm... What, so you're, you're 80% of the way through entrepreneur or pi- or whatever it is? To, uh, elite in trade. Wow. After 16 hours. Gosh. What have you been doing? That would be telling. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, ben, um, how has your week been? Pardon, Sue? I asked how your week's been. Oh, um, 
tiring, very tiring, and very hot and very wet. Um, Good tiring or shit tiring? Productive tiring. Um, I was. It's basically it involves doing lots of work in the garden, which whilst trying to dodge the rain, and then it's like, hey, yeah, we've got all this to do. Okay, well, it's going to be raining all day, so we maybe can't do it. Then the rain stops. Okay, let's quickly get this done. Still stopped. Let's quickly get this done. Let's quick get this done. Get this done. Get this done. And it wound up basically working in the art garden for about twelve hours, which is awesome. And we got lots of work done. But I was dead on my feet afterwards and had a, had several beers to as a reward to recuperate. I bet those beers yeah. were delicious. They were delicious, and they finished very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, have you been in game at all? I've not. Well, that I've not really had a chance to be in game until this evening, because mm. uh, it was I was sort of been away and then came home basically, and then it's into show prep for tonight. Yep. Um, the stuff I have done in game has been I've been guardian, I've been mining, mining, mining farming guardian stuff in preparation for tonight. Hmm. Um, because one thing we may do if we run out of content is 100 Rob might help me build, turn my crate into something more suitable for shooting Thargoids than a couple of beam lasers and multi-cannons. Hmm, interesting. Yep, we, uh, we may possibly touch on that a bit later. Um, speaking of, the, uh, of 100 Rob, um, how have you been this week, sir? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm basically on a sort of improvised vacation, thankfully, after uh, hiring sequences of business trips. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of recuperating. Slow, slow week, you can say. Yeah, yeah, and there, uh, presumably, if you've been on trips, you haven't found a, a way to get into uh, into game very much. Well, yeah, I've been just mainly doing my usual AXI duties and mm. uh, donating money to the poor, apparently. <laughs> in uh, in game? Yes. Right, okay. I'm, I'm not rich enough to do that in real life, unfortunately. <laughs> How does, um, what does donating money to the poor in game look like? Uh, lots and lots of mining. Right, okay, yeah. And w w do you mean... Players who are looking to make a bit of money to, to fight the Thargoids, including yeah, that's very uh, that's very magnanimous of you. Um, See, I take the opposite point of view. I think the poor should look after themselves. <laughs> this isn't really they're, the, uh, the, they're the poor place for a reason. Poor for a reason. <laughs> Bloody hell! Um, and that's why like even game. your crewmen are billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay, well, before we get on to Redistribution 101, um, Kurgle, how the hell have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, I've been slogging through some stuff at work that's been outstanding for a while, so it's quite satisfying to start getting that nailed. Hmm. And uh, I've been slowly reacquainting myself with my various ships and working out how I want to outfit them all for getting my combat ranking up. How many have you got? A, a lot of ships. <laughs> <laughs> Your hoarder. Never sell. Always Never. buy, buy more. <laughs> Never don't, sell. Don't take a NPC pilot with you if you're trying to gain combat rank. Do they erode your combat rank? If the fighter pilot taking all my kills, kill stealing kits. Do, no, do they erode your um, your rank gaining ability? 
yes. they take a share of your kills, don't they? So yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Huh. Um, I've been ranking mine up from harmless, and uh, she's currently uh, she's currently expert. I think. Um, I will bear that in mind for future. Um, okay, well, it's great to, to hear you've been in game a bit more um, and had a bit of time to to actually smell the roses and reacquaint yourself with your ships and stuff. Um, I think that's all of us, isn't it? So my week has been um, this year. Basically, I'm at a wedding every single weekend. Um, actually, in fact, if you want to know where I am between now and the heat death of the universe. There is a 60% chance that if it's a Saturday or a Sunday, the answer is attending a wedding. Um, I hope only one of those weddings is was yours. Only one, only one was mine. Yeah, this was somebody else's. This was, this was. Um, you, you do know, Suv, This actually does mean you are part of the. I know. I am. A, I'm well aware that I'm part of the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Oh God, that just yeah. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. Um, anyway, so I was doing that all weekend. Um, and uh and in elite what have i been doing um not a great deal actually we, we've got a um uh the the faction that i'm running with have a, a couple of campaigns on at the moment so i've been doing a few conflict zones in my new uh type 10 the flatulent walrus um which is built for cz so it's built for for wing combat in in conflict zones um so it's got regenerated lasers on on the front and um and lots of missiles on on the sides on the wings, um, which is brilliant because uh, I can recharge people's shields and things. Um, and I've also been running a few missions in my brand new um, in my brand new eagle, the Thunder Lizard, um, which is now my favourite ship. I love your ship names. <laughs> the the eagle is just complete. I've never really flown one before, and I've always, I, you know every, every time I got into one, I'm like, well, it's kind of shit at everything. Um, well, I've, wasn't that the English translation translation of the Brontosaurus or something? Thunder Lizard. Uh, Thunder Lizard is Tyrannosaurus Rex, I think. No, that's Tyrant King. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, I think it's Brontosaurus. Yeah, I read that. So you've given one of the short, smallest ship in the game, and named it after Brontosaurus. Yeah. Okay. Got to puff yourself up, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I wasn't. I wasn't going to call it. Um, well, I was. I was going to call it Big Tobacco for a while, um, and then uh, and then didn't. Um, I, I, I like sort of inappropriate names for ships. Um, and you went with Thunder, the, the Thunder Lizard, as opposed to the Backdoor. <laughs> How did you get an innuendo out of that? You're He's you're, ben. A, you're an artist. <laughs> to be honest, blame Nephilius. He he set it up. <laughs> anyway, uh, we should do an episode on, on ship names one day because they're good fun. Um, so that's been my week. Um, there isn't much development news, I don't think, this week, so we'll skip past that section. But we did have a newsletter, didn't we? Um, who's got the newsletter to hand? Shan? Uh, I've been away, so I haven't read it. No, fair enough. I never I never get newsletters. I'm, I'm on Frontier's blacklist. Right, okay. Well, um, and Kurgle, did you... Have you seen it? <laughs> I knew it existed, but does anyone right, okay, still read it? Right. I knew it existed. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> there's this to be honest, game. <laughs> ah, my, my extent of newsletters nowadays, get, I, I get to see what paint jobs are out, and then I stop reading. Yeah, they, they, they are intensely rubbish compared to how they used to be a few years ago. I will concede that. Frontier, if you're listening, um, back when you used to sort of 
throw open ideas of of development decisions and and that sort of thing and tease concept art and stuff the newsletters were gold um we miss are, you and yeah and and uh, these days they're a little bit more pedestrian but uh, considering that none of you uh, seem to even know what elite dangerous is i will um i will run through the contents of the newsletter you mean us or the frontier development staffers <laughs> i meant you guys uh, I'm okay just checking those guys are familiar with it um, so first of all, there's been a news about the Enclave, um, the latest interstellar initiative. Um, it says rumbles of concern over the disappearance of Professor Palin hit social media this week as the mid phase of our latest interstellar initiative, the Enclave, commenced. With Palin's research center now confirmed evacuated as a considerable number of Thargoid craft gather in the Maya system, we're excited to see how you address the happenings as the tale unfolds. Um, and um, I actually took part in a bit of this. I went out to, um, when I heard that all this was happening, I flew out to Maya um, and um, uh, to have a look. And it was before they took the, the no fire zone down. So as soon as you, as soon as you um, return fire to one of the Thargoid scouts that was flying around Palin's base, you promptly got fined. Um, and uh, so I was like, oh, sorry. So I flew away to another base with, a, with an interstellar factor and then came back, uh, only to see Commander Harry Potter sat there in a wing of four. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, this isn't this isn't quite the the the, uh, the nail biting combat I had in mind actually. Um, so um, so then I, I turned to uh, I was I was engaging a few thargoids and got some ca uh, caustic damage, and then I, I jumped out and, and flew uh, somewhere to another base so I could um, repair, um, and was interdicted by a ship called Gank Force One, um, <laughs> and. Um, uh, and he, he he nearly got my shield down, but I managed to high wake away. All the while, caustic damage is eating away at my hull. Um, so I, I jumped to a new system, um, sweating like anything, um, drop down into normal space, and pop uh, and flick on silent running, uh, and my ship starts overheating. I get to about 170% of safe heat, and the warnings are going mad. Um, and then Gank Force One dr jump, drops in on me again, and I'm like. I don't have any shields. I'm at like 200% heat, and I've got 50% hull. Um, and then I, so I, I managed to um, uh, managed to remove the corsic damage, and then high wake out again, and I got away with with something like 52% hull. Um, and then I basically just jumped all the way home, <laughs> absolutely bricking it. Um, so that was my that was my experience of the uh, the latest interstellar initiative. Can I just check something here, Suv? I thought Harry Potter had. Quit the game for good, honest governor. Uh, he was certainly somebody called Harry Commander Harry Potter was certainly sat in um, at Palin's base in a mamba. Okay. Um, well, no, he 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 quit the game until um, his sense of self worth had di diminished by not being mentioned for thirty seconds. And so I was going to say, yeah, that took about ten seconds then. <laughs> well, um, evidently. Uh, so further down the newsletter, we've got the live stream lowdown, um, and we had the first live stream with the newest community manager, um, Stephen Benedetti. Um, he, he's a um, he's a Ouija, isn't he? <laughs> I can't say he's a Ouija, but yes, he's a Ouija. He's a Glaswegian. A, a denizen don't, of Glasgow. Don't yes. they wobble but don't fall down? <laughs> <laughs> Grant well, something does once you've gotten a few gins inside of him. If you want to find out, tune in to the uh, the live stream on Catch Up. Uh, it's called yeah. Introducing well, I... Commander the Benedetti. 
What I liked about that live stream was it totally turned into a food live stream. <laughs> What's a food live stream? Talking about, about Scottish food, basically, and everything like that. With... Oh. <laughs> oh, poor Stephen. <laughs> I know Stephen, was quite, Stephen quite enjoyed it, I think. Ah, good. Yes, because, you know, let's, let's face it, people in Glasgow, and well, people in Scotland and Glasgow especially, do have a slightly bad reputation for having awesome, but not terribly healthy food. Correct. I used to live and, in Scotland, can confirm. Yeah. And, you know, so we're, talk- we're talking about shitty pizza suppers and scotch pies, macaroni pies, um, haggis, obviously, you know, all that, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Excellent. Um, well, great. Sounds like we've uh, we've made Stephen nice and welcome. Um, there's a few, what else is on there? There's a, there's a, a new paint job or a set of paint jobs for the federal gunship, uh, which appear to have the Core Dynamics logo on them, which are quite cool. Um, and then there's uh, there's the community spotlight, uh, and the featured commanders are the Honey Thief, uh, sorry, the Honey Thief uh, streamer, and the uh, the Ghost Giraffe duo. Um, there is uh, a featured video from Down to Earth Astronomy about um, the guys who made a Thargoid mock-up using the underside of seven haulers, which amused me. Um, and the latest issue of Sagittarius I, which is uh, issue twenty-three. Uh, which is now out as of last Thursday in um, PDF and audio format. Uh, and then there's a roundup of the latest Galnet news articles. So there's the Thargoids return to the Pleiades Nebula, um, the Red Family Cartel Raids Successful, which is about um, an ongoing storyline about a, a, a drug family, um, and then uh, Unchain purchases Imperial Slaves, which is the story about um, the somewhat amateur um, emancipation group buying a load of Imperial Slaves and then just letting them loose on a uh, on an Imperial city um, with no money and no uh, no employment, um, which I quite enjoyed as stories go because it sort of um, sort of makes you think. Um, so that's it for the newsletter. Um, what else have we got? Um, we've then it's just been Palin's megaship jumping to Ark, which brings us up to where we are now. Um, so uh, on to Ark. Um, how, when did when did Palin's megaship appear there? I think it was on Monday or somewhere along the line. Monday it was definitely and, not on the tick. No, fair enough. And. Um, uh, and presumably, um, and presumably, you guys uh, were fairly pleased about the the recent developments in terms of the Thargoid storyline. Uh, it was confusing, to say the least, uh, because uh, like, if one thing can be said about Frontiers that they do not like to communicate their intentions clearly, especially to us, uh, and we were definitely confused when uh, the as at that point, targeted systems were, for some reason, immediately, like, all Thargoids were removed from those systems without any notice, like, three hours after the tick, after the server maintenance. Mm. Uh, some people actually managed to fight in those systems already, and then it was suddenly everything vanished. Uh, Frontier did put out the Galnet article, obviously, well, like, an hour later, stating why they vanished. But uh, in my opinion, it would be uh, it was basically a bait and switch from our perspective, uh, because we 
uh, already suspect problems, let's just say. We suspect issues with this whole um, system governing the infestations, incursions, and the whole Thargoid BJS combat, as we can probably call it. Mm. So we were quite um, surprised and a bit frustrated by that because we assumed that it's broke for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I was. Um, I'm surprised by that. I, was, I. I. When. When it was first. When the story first was announced that um, the Thargoids had left the bubble, I remember thinking, "Oh, brilliant! Frontier of um, Frontier acknowledging uh, what all the players are doing. They've, they've acknowledged the fact that the AXI have been able to." With their with other player groups have been able to um, to clear all the incursions every week for a while. Um, I do think that's that's not how it was intended specifically because uh, Galnet article itself uh, specifically states that it was not uh, due to our actions. Basically, you can read it. Uh, I think it was Palin who said that the most credible source on Thargoids right now, at least in terms of lore. Um, so yeah, um, it was more like, uh, a heavy handed approach from our perspective. They just removed them without any consideration as to what we would do. And we were actually stuck for the whole week without any conflict zones to, for our people to fight in. See, I was a little bit disappointed about the, the Palin thing, because when the base first disappeared, there were lots of worried posts saying, oh my God, how am I going to get my classified dirty drives now and stuff? And then a few days later, oh, he's safe. It's perfectly happy. He's setting up shop again. Rejoice. I would have wanted to have seen longer lasting consequences for it rather than just it was, it's almost like an episode of Star Trek, you know, where something bad happens and they resolve at the last minute, and then the next episode, everything's all back to normal again. Yeah, no consequences. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they'd left him offline for a while, and you know, players then had to find him, or there was some kind of exercise to get him up and working again, and all well, these stuff. He's like already that. gone missing once. I don't think he's actually up and working again. It's just that his ship's here. I don't. Yeah, th- he, uh, the Palin services are currently not working. The The research base uh, is still technically under Thargoid Assault, and the new base haven't been built yet. I assume it will be built on the tick, because that's when changes can happen. Yeah, but why not just leave him? Why not just say, oh, he's blown up or dead, or, you know, why not do something like that? And then you, then you have to, I don't know, create Son of Palin or something like that. Call him Michael Palin, oh. but anyway. <laughs> kind of... Oh, how about, you know, Carson's spring has been attacked and Palin escaped in an escape pod, but we haven't heard of him since. Yeah, it would be and then that's the thing. Just leave the threat of no class five dirty drives <laughs> for a while. Uh... <laughs> that would be quite fun, actually. He's already gone... Um... He's already gone missing once. I remember a couple of years ago there was a thing about him floating about in escape pods and everybody having to find him. It would be a bit laboured to do it again, I think. Mm. Um, but definitely killing him off would be quite quite entertaining, I think. Yeah, Frontier is honestly mostly afraid of doing anything that can inconvenience players, it, from what we understand. 
Uh, it also extremely handily applies to the whole Thargoid invasion because you can basically ignore it if you don't want to. to yes, that's true. And that kind of content. And um, yeah, Frontier doesn't seem to acknowledge the existence of the AX community in general and uh, our uh, initiative specifically. Um, but yeah. Or do you, do you think that they acknowledge Holt? Uh, no. Which is no, uh, no. hate, ages, love, Thargoids. Is that right? Well, in some way, you can say that they acknowledged them by the Fargoid cultist and so on, but that's yeah. probably reading too much into it. <laughs> they, like, yeah, from it may be uh, slightly, I don't know, envious on my part. <laughs> I guess, but uh, the only real plan, like group, two groups actually that are routinely acknowledged by Frontier are Canon Research and Distant Boards. Uh, and the Fuel Rats. And the Fuel Rats, obviously, because they're basically doing stuff. Uh, yeah. All the other groups that have been helping uh, like drive off Thargoids, like, well, obviously, IXI, as I'm obliged to plug us. So, uh, at every <laughs> opportunity, Operation <laughs> Ida, uh, who are basically the only ones, if not the only ones, who are repairing the stations at all, and they do monumental work uh, each and every week um, with, for honestly, basically no reward. Yeah, Ida are awesome. The, the stuff they do is great. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they 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 are not prepared. to be conf confused with IDA, the Independent Defense Agency. Correct. Yes, excellent. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ida has been um, hauling thousands and thousands of tons of uh, low-paying commodities to damage stations uh, with basically no reward. Because as we've seen uh, over the last 72 weeks, um, I actually have a full history, full log of all attack stations. Uh, and so on. We know that uh, stations can be attacked multiple times, and several stations that were repaired by Ida have been attacked multiple times. Uh, and due to other game issues, of which uh, we can probably talk later, um, we cannot prevent it. Basically, we are unable to stop some of the attacks. Mm, yeah, well, we do want to. We do want to touch on that a bit later. Um, first of all, I I believe that our other special guest has arrived in the building, um, so we're going to have a quick advert break um, so that we can uh, orientate him, and then we'll be back in just a second to continue the discussion. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. 
The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma, hooma, nooka, nooka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Welcome back. Um, so we now we are now joined by the excellent Gluttony Fang, um, who has come all the way from the Anti Zeno Initiative to uh, to tell us about what they're up to and what's going on in the Arc system. Welcome, Gluttony Fang. Thank you. Uh, yes, that will be me. Uh, so <laughs> it's quite a, a bit of travel, a bit of a plane delay. You know how it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it's how it all works nowadays. But yes, I am the founder of the Anti-Zeno Initiative, and I'm happy to be on here today. What have you been up to for the last week? So for the last week, we actually recently launched a mini expedition to the Witch Head Nebula area in uh, accordance with the sudden discovery of an explosion of meta-alloids. So <laughs> uh, that piqued our interest a little bit. So we decided to uh, take a look ourselves. I spearheaded that operation. And then midway through, we received transmission that Palin uh, has gone under attack by the Thargoids. So we did an emergency recall. And now we're all back in Pleiades. <laughs> how many uh, how many commanders did you take to the witch head? I would say roughly about 10 to 15. It's a small expedition team for um mostly more scientific and explorative uh yeah, pilots than combative pilots, but it's still the main theme of AXI is combat in the end, so they are definitely combat capable. It's just that they have a preference for scientific endeavors, but Nevertheless, it's good to have them active and back in Pleiades, fighting the good fight. And how um, how many uh, how many players have you got out in the Pleiades with you at the minute? Right now, in terms of active duty, I would say anywhere around thirty to fifty at at this at uh, at around the same time and rotating yeah. from shifts. That that <laughs> I cannot say for that we we have people in different time zones. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I know the AXI is one of the most, it's one of the largest servers um, in the ED community I've seen. You must have about 5,000 people on there now. <laughs> Please, that's just numbers. It's always great to have a big community being engaged and enthusiastic about even just one aspect of the game. And, and we have shown that even just one aspect of the game can expand to many areas, anywhere from carrying commodities to help re uh, repair stations to learning to build different ships to combat the Thargoids, and even to BGS in some scenarios because of uh, the incursion infestation systems being in place. 
Yeah, yeah. I want to talk a bit more about the um, incursion infestation systems a bit later because um, I know there's lots to get our teeth into there. Um, but uh, first of all, how did you? Um, what did, what was what was the reaction of you guys when you saw that the um, the Thargoids were leaving the leaving the bubble? I remember when I read that um, that Galnet piece and the quote from Aidan Tanis about. Um, I've got it in front of me, actually. It says, uh, our theory is that Thargoids have retreated due to our defense operations depleting their numbers. Um, so as soon as I read that, I was like, yes, Frontier are finally taking notice of what players are doing. Um, did you guys have a similar reaction or was it a bit more, a bit more cynical? So most of us, I would say, were a bit more cynical. But I, <laughs> being the way I am, typed quickly in our announcement channel, we did it, guys, with a strike through. <laughs> So yes, it, it was definitely early celebration for something that was definitely not substantive, as yeah. we have been proven. Uh, but yes, it was it was still I, I was still somewhat joyed, um, joyful at the fact that you know may, maybe our efforts did amount to something more than weekly um, systems being clear that we had more of a substantive impact on the Thargoid operations. But they came back. <laughs> they did. They did. I think. Um... Uh, it can't. Well, I don't know. I, I feel the optimist in me wants to say that it can't be a um, it can't be a, a coincidence that as soon as you guys get into the 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 swing of clearing every single incursion every single week, the um, you know within a couple of weeks, Frontier withdraw all the Thargoids from the core systems. I feel like I feel like that can't be a a coincidence. That would be a good thing if it uh, if it is. But yeah, I am I am doubtful. Okay, fair enough. And um, uh, and how much is there for you to do in the Pleiades at the moment? Are there lots of conflict zones out there? So we we are known for clearing, and or rather helping to clear the conflict zones way too quick in terms of uh, how fast we mount our operations and whatnot. So we have been doing uh, more search and destroy operations than actually and entering conflict zones because they have pretty much been wiped out. <laughs> Wow, okay. Um, Shan, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just thinking as I was listening to what's been going on, is the whole thing just seems too quick. I mean, there's no build-up of suspense. You know, what happened to Thargoids three days later? Oh, they're back! It, 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 it's, you know, because we, we joked yesterday and said they'd gone on summer holidays. Well, they kind of didn't. They just went on like a dirty weekend away and they came back. It's... Uh, in terms of pacing, it's almost like the current Thargoid story is like season eight of Game of Thrones. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's far too rushed. <laughs> Shan would like more foreplay. Um, 100 Rub, do you want to jump in? Uh, yes. Um, I have not seen the season of Game of Thrones yet. Uh, I've heard much. Uh, but um, I'm sort of understanding uh, Frontier here more than uh, other probably because um, they have to balance the interests of different player groups and definitely removing uh, conflict zones entirely for several weeks or at least more than one week would upset uh, a large major like large portion of ax community because conflict zones are the most consistent uh, way to engage with thargoids we have now and removing them, like we already removed them far too quickly. Like those three systems that were attacked 
um, when the targets returned have been cleared uh, in what was it two days? Yeah, it was two days. Gosh, are they still cleared? Yeah, everything is cleared, and new system will systems will only be available on the next Thursday, as we call it, on the next Ceremonies Day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And were the um were those three systems? I think a friend of mine commented that there were double hydras, which is um apparently uh, unprecedented. Were they harder than any Thargoid content? Um, the spawn mechanics of Thargoids are very random, different generally speaking, and uh, basically everything can happen. Uh, what we did try and somewhat successfully pulled off is we uh, managed to enter and trigger a super conflict zone event. Wow. Uh, I will have to explain it basically because uh, in certain systems, when they go into incursions, uh, then they can spawn the conflict zone instances overlapping the um, asteroid belts instances. Yeah. Which, uh, as we found out, leads to all manners of, uh, well, technically bugs, all manners of issues. But one of those issues is very beneficial, at least in, in, a, in a fun way. It can allow for spawning infinite amounts of interceptors. Thargoid, wow. The harder variants of Thargoids. Because yeah. scouts are already infinite in config zones. Uh, and we uh, wanted to make an event. Basically, we pulled together, invited some of the streamers. Uh, and we gathered, what was it, like 35 people, I think it was, 37 people, mm. uh, and tried to get everybody in. Uh, and we managed to spawn, was it si either 14 or 16 interceptors of different varieties? In wow. That but Gosh. the problem. Not the at problem, the same time. At the same time. Wow. Yeah, uh, wow, it was remarkable. definitely very chaotic. But the problem is that by the time we uh, got to that event, when they scheduled everything, the system hmm. was almost clear. And it actually was clear 10 minutes after we began. Wow. So we have not even completed a single conflict zone and the system was already cleared. And we had to move on to the last remaining system at the time, which was also cleared by the end of the day, I think. Gosh. Um, yeah, so that's that's a definite problem, I guess, that uh, Thargoid incursions don't last long enough for people who only can play on like Sundays or other weekday weekends uh, to actually interact with them at all because people just jump on them. And we've seen people have been starved for content, so to say, in that yeah. time when Thargoids disappeared. So when that server maintenance came, everybody just jumped in in hopes of killing some Thargoids. Yeah, fair enough. So so I guess we sort of they sort of either need to make them harder or increase the targets. And we, I want to talk about increasing targets later because we obviously that has a bearing on um, the infested system state. Um, or potentially uh, the writers be a bit more agile about what comes next. You know, to, it would be great if they're if if whoever was driving the narrative had an answer for what happens if players clear these within a couple of days, like what you know, what comes next, what's the next step? Um, ben, do you want to jump in? I'm just wondering, actually, what would you guys in AXI think if Thargoid conflict zones worked more like the conflict zones to get control of resources in the BGS, where you sort you you've got to defeat wave after wave. But the wave then resets and moves along a bit. 
you mean the BGS conflicts, like several yeah. different ticks? It is possible, like, and we would welcome any sort of uh, clear feedback. That's actually the main problem I can voice with the whole Thargoid BGS, uh, because we lack um, clear indication of our efforts, and we, like, didn't have any information for the longest time. And now we can only rely on uh, the weekly Galnet Thargoid report, which is actually updated in semi-real time, but it only shows the progress in like general terms. So we can know when the target, like the system is fully infested on where it's like almost cleared and when it's cleared completely and so on. We would like to have some sort of more uh, involved mechanics of defense and uh we would like but we would like at least to have more information what would that information look like uh currently prime are like going from the most i guess uh, required we would want uh feedback on the state of infested systems because uh big uh, like fast till they are basically there are two uh, separate states infestation incursion uh, is showing up on galnet uh, galmap galnet reports uh, there's a filter for it in galaxy map you basically everybody can but it only happens after the first station in that system has been attacked so something is already burning uh, and then there is a hidden uh, infested state uh, that is not shown anywhere it is mm. not on Galmap, and this, there's nowhere to find it. And like, uh, but the Eagle Eye network, Eagle Eye network tells us at least usually tells us uh, the systems that have been under infestation. But then we have literally no idea if it's cleared or not. Mm. Yeah, the only yeah, okay. indication of like its safety is when it spawns, uh, stops spawning targets entirely, which uh, due to another issue which is actually, I think, top three voted issue on the bug tracker right now. Uh, those infested systems spawn, honestly, pathetically small amount of uh, Thargoid-related signal sources, which means that a single commander can drop into that system and not find any yeah. Thargoid-related signal sources, regardless of if it's infested or not. So Leading people to think prematurely that it's that it's cleared when it hasn't been. Yeah, we have to rely on multiple reports from several different commanders, and we have some people who basically dedicate themselves to um, surveying those systems. Uh, but still, yeah, we have no um, indication, basically, of when it's cleared, and it is actually very hard to actually find Thargoids to kill in those systems for that same reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Sham. Yeah, I was just listening to what had been said and also a couple of comments in chat. And I don't know if anyone remembers, many years ago, there was a game called Aeon, A-I-O-N. And that had a concept of PvP versus E, where you had two human factions versus a third NPC faction. And when I first saw this whole incursion, conflict zone, whatever... I kind of thought that was the mechanic Frontier was going for. So you'd have players versus players versus the Thargoids, and you would then, uh, you know, the players could then repel a faction, and it would be a much more dynamic thing. But from what was being said, it's falling somewhere.
somewhat short of that goal, I think. Um, which I think is a bit of a sh- um, If that was ever the goal. Well, we're not sure, yeah. Frontier in general just doesn't want, apparently doesn't want to give players any sort of uh, friendly or diplomatic way to interact with Thargoids, of which have been many things have been said already. Uh, but yeah, the only thing we can do is kill them. Well, that, that was the same in Aeon. The third faction, I've forgotten its name, but there was no interaction between players and it. All you could do was fight them. But the point was, was that you kind of had you. You kind of either you could push them into an opposing faction system to like help you take that area, or you could you forced to defend it. And it and you say, well, maybe that wasn't the intent, but then why have that mechanic in the first place? It just didn't see didn't seem rich enough. Gluttony mm. Fang. Right, so to comment a bit on that, I can see that definitely as a very interesting concept in the sense that you can utilize the Thargoids as a BGS attack force or just a player in the whole BGS um, environment, using it to attack your enemy factions or player groups that you want to oppose by shoving them in a certain direction. That could have generated a lot of interesting BGS gameplay, I suppose, in that sense. But I think... The way I look at it, the narrative kind of wants to indicate that they are just attacking humans either indiscriminately or, as many people would like to speculate, that they are looking for something, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. Am I right in thinking that Frontier have said it isn't indiscriminate is a method to the systems the Thargoids are going to? Or am I just dreaming thinking, hearing that? I think there was some sort of comment from... I don't... do not remember the, the source of it, that, yeah, Frontier... Apparently somebody on the Frontier meet event... Yes. was probably... Not sure when it was exactly, but yeah. Apparently somebody got a comment that, yes, there is an algorithm behind it, although we will not be able to decipher it because we lack the required information. It's. I think it was... Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who was... Um, Could it who be went Steve to... Kirby? Uh, I, don't, I don't know who the front member Frontier was or the person who asked the question, but it was it was during the um, during the invitation from some of the community to Frontier just before the release of Beyond Chapter Four, um, and apparently it was a question asked at dinner was about the choice the the systems chosen for Thargoid attack, and the response was that it's done algorithmically um, according to a set of parameters, um, but but players are unlikely to figure out the or. or or Frontier were pretty certain that we wouldn't figure out the um, we wouldn't crack the algorithm because it was too complex. Um, and you know, presumably, in amongst that is you know presence of ammonia worlds, presence of Aegis, all that sort but of. But it but it would be fun, wouldn't it, if the players could look could like go to a a system, an opposing faction system, put up a big big sign that said, "Get your Aegis goodies here." And then the flight of Thargoids would just flock to it. <laughs> that would be that would be fun. Um, I just want to touch on the infested state thing again because th- this came up a few months ago, and it was um, uh, and it's always struck me as a bit of a, a bit of a problem. Am I am I right in thinking that a few months ago the infested state was shown in in, yes, uh, in yes. the Galma? 
your entire character was shown for like a week or something along the lines and we have a confirmation that this that was unintentional and that state was supposed to be hidden and it is not it's been fixed uh and yeah i'm still uh i don't agree with that decision because i think it should be visible at least after some sort of action from player base uh maybe we can upgrade the eagle eye network or something uh but yeah well surely it shouldn't be sorry to interrupt but surely it shouldn't be too difficult to from a law perspective if you suddenly start seeing a load of thargoid scouts flying around it shouldn't be too difficult to let universal cartographics know yeah state it doesn't sound implausible let's not delve too deep into that because it can like (laughs) it brings up a lot of questions and a lot of logical problems with that we have been discussed like intensely that's true yeah okay um fair enough so the the invested state so that was only that was only visible for a week i thought it was a i thought that was um it was around for much longer it was either a week or two weeks it was very very short amount of time uh and first at first we thought that it was finally fixed because well let's be honest it, it should be visible everybody who well engages in X uh, seriously would probably agree. And yeah, initially we were sort of um, joyous about that fact. Uh, yeah. It still was slightly off because, again, there is no filter. There is no, that, that state is not uh, visible in that like system description panel, system yeah. state panel. It's like, it doesn't have any, um, description and so on so yeah there's was something still off and then it was just removed entirely like when it was visible it was only visible on the gal map and and even then it was inconsistent between players that was we found out wow some so people saw it. It. yeah some people saw it some people didn't uh not sure why or how it worked maybe it was like desync issues between servers and so on yeah um but yeah it was very broken and very confusing yeah okay so if you um if you could uh if you could design the level of feedback that the game gave you about um thargoid content how would you what would your ideal method like system of feedback be uh well presumably an invested state that had different grades that you could that you could see on the galaxy map honestly we would like uh a sort of I don't know, maybe a bar, progress bar of infestation on numbers that are required to clean the system, because yep. that is something that can be realistically monitored by the system authorities. They know that there's, for example, a million Thargoids arrived. So when we kill half a million Thargoids, then it's roughly 50%. Yeah. This yep. is basically what is being done currently with the uh incursion systems through the um, galnet report although it's uh the big steps basically yeah yeah okay shan yeah i was just gonna give a a thought to the progress bar uh, idea in general i'm not personally in favor of progress bars like that because it kind of breeds a metric-based form of gameplay in that you, the whole idea behind the incursion is 
the Thargoids will push, but you don't know how much they're going to push, if you see what I mean. So if you're simulating an attack, um, the enemy doesn't have a little progress bar that says, oh, you killed me enough now, I'll go away. It will keep pushing, but the if you're opposing them, you don't know how, how many forces they've got. So I don't know. I, I can see where you're coming from, and from an organizational point of view, it makes sense. I'm just thinking from a, a, a gameplay and a um, an immersion point of view, you don't know how many Thargoids they're pushing in this time. So you, you have to keep defending it until they retreat. Um, I would agree in some ways because, yes, it would be maybe slightly unimmersive to know exactly how many Thargoids you have to kill. But we already saw that um, basically we had this exact problem uh, with the old system before 3.3, before this whole new Thargoid BJS was introduced, when this was only infestations. Uh, and we also didn't know anything about how much, um, how many kills do we need. We started, uh, like Canon created a plugin to uh, collect the kill data and we started to aggregate it um, obviously it only works for pc but oh well and there was a time when we um, basically figured out that no matter how hard we push we pushed uh, very hard multiple like tens of thousands of kills in each system uh, but no matter what we did one system would still burn no matter what we did and then we realized that, like, actually, we don't need to push hard. We can, I don't know, kill uh, 100 Thargoids in one system and 99 in another. And uh, the system with the lower one kill number will burn regardless. Even if oh, we really? Killed... Yes, it was... at least that's how we understood the thing that was happening that time. It was, it was no different if we killed 10,000 Thargoids in one system and 9,000 in another. The system with lower kill numbers was still burn. Interesting. That's what Frontier apparently decided. And yeah. we faced a lot of burnout because honestly, killing tens of thousands of Thargoids each week without knowing if your effort oh God, is yeah. going towards anything specific is a short way to disappoint and frustrate your community entirely and make people quit on the spot. And we had multiple people do that exact thing. That's just, yeah, just to what Shan just said, that is probably the reason why I would disagree with your comment about the progress bar. So for an, a single isolated event, I agree that a progress bar is, is immersion breaking and it, it gamifies what should be, um, what should be a surprise. But, you know, when you've been doing, when a gameplay feature has been a staple for eight months, what, and you've got lots of people organized to try and achieve something. What you need is feedback and the ability to measure your own progress. And I think that what you lose in immersion for things like progress bars or, or at least visible feedback in the game, um, you gain in terms of players not players feeling like they have as like they they know what they're striving for and and avoiding burnout. I suppose. Um, so just a quick question about the. Um, the system that existed before incursions, which was the whichever was least defended, burned. Um, could you have just killed one Thargoid in each of the four targeted systems, and and none in the in the last to um, to protect four and let one burn? Or was there a was there quite a high trigger 
that's the main problem, though, because I will be unable to definitively answer the, the question without any background, like backend knowledge of the game. We tried basically all of the different theories we could come up with. We tried trigger theory, and for for a short while it worked. Yes, there was there was a time when we were able to kill what was it is like six thousand targoids per system or something like that, and everything was saved. But then it stopped working. So we assumed that maybe the threshold has been increased. We pushed for seven thousand, for eight thousand, for ten thousand. As I mentioned, twenty thousand was achieved at one point in a week, I might add. Uh, and it did it didn't work. It stopped working for a while, after a while. And no matter what we did, uh, we just like analyzing the patterns. Uh, we came to that conclusion I just mentioned. Everybody actually that that whole data is still freely available. It is pinned in our Discord. I have a full Google Sheet document, Google um, tables with the data, uh, the historic data, and you can uh, see how many kills were done in each system and were which were burned and which were saved. And you can probably come up with your own conclusions. But yeah, that system was very confusing and we were very frustrated because we had to organize uh, massive amounts of people uh, and make sure that they are not wasting their time doing useless uh, killing. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, do you feel like the feedback with the incursion systems is uh, is good enough? It is a step in the right direction. Again, I would like to uh, see it slightly improved because currently it was like, is it five or six step feedback? So it was massive presence, significant presence. Uh, was it marginal, moderate. moderate, marginal, and none? I think. Mm. Um, and yes, yes, that's I guess good enough for our purposes because we just kill until there's no presence left. Mm, again, like something maybe better than a Galnet report because uh, it's it's not updated uh, like fast enough in some cases but we've, yeah. seen, we've seen people apparently that's more of a problem of networking and server uh, nodes because when the system is cleared apparently it takes some time for other servers to know about that for so people see conflict zones when the system is already clear but they have to relog to reacquire that information and then suddenly conflict zones disappear yeah okay so, i see Something like uh, maybe a bar again in the, in the system panel on the right hand panel uh, that can be just accessed at any time uh, with clear real time again uh, feedback would be better. But I guess what we have is good enough. Now we just need the same system for infestation systems. Yeah, at okay. least, and we would be relatively uh, satisfied. Cool. Let me find. So in terms of uh, the incursion system, I think the currently the biggest gripe the X community would have with it wouldn't really be in terms of uh, how much we've been doing because of how quickly we literally annihilate these uh, conflict zones. So we're not so concerned right now in terms of uh, how it's reporting its progress to us because we know we can pretty much 100% of the time clear it within like two days. So 
what I think will probably improve people's quality of life is to ensure that there is like a minimal period of time that these conflict zones will stay, or at least provide some sort of a cool down period. So, for example, if the conflict zone, well, not the conflict zone, if the incursion state in a system is cleared, say today, Parkway will be in a retreating state for that entire day, and then there presence will last for the entire day until it ends. So at least it provides some kind of content for players that are trying to engage, but maybe don't have time right away or have some other obligations they need to, they need to meet. So we would really like FD to either some, at least personally, I would like to see a raise in difficulty and variety in terms of uh, conflict zones or just in general, the manner that Thargoids are presented to us as a threat and also some sort of accommodation for players that are trying to get into the action but seem to seem to be lagging behind because of how efficient the current AX community veterans are at clearing out the content. Yeah, okay. What would a retreat state look like? So personally, I feel that a retreat state for a system would be, say, okay, today we clear this uh, system, we technically clear the Thargoids today completely, there shouldn't be any more Thargoids. Right now, if we do that, say the system is reporting no Thargoid presence, right there and then the conflict zone would just uh, disappear and also pretty much no Thargoids can be found unless you're in the player D sector within a few selective systems. Um, so that that is, that is actually something we encountered when we were plotting previous events is literally we have players engaging in the conflict zone. The system is cleared. People that are trying to jump into the instance where the conflict zone is going on literally crashes or disconnect from the game because the wow. server on their end is telling them, "Yeah, no more Thargoids is here." While in reality, they're trying. Uh, there, there's a team that's currently com- combating the Thargoids because they're still running on a version of the server that's still saying, "Okay, there's still some Thargoids." So we would like wow. to see perhaps giving it a day to cool down to say, like, "Okay, they're retreating." If you got the Thargoids to retreat on the day that when the tick happens or right before it when it happens, we count it as clear. I think that might serve as better of a gameplay providing scenario for all players that want to get involved instead of just the veterans and pretty much jump on the gun right away whenever the tick happens. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, 100 rub? Yeah, I would just like to basically second what uh, Gotten just said, because um, we definitely get a lot of people coming to our Discord and asking, so, and where can we find Thargoids now? And we just have to say that, like, yeah, we have a channel that has been updated with all the correct information and no conflict zones until next Thursday. And they have to go out disappointed because they had the misfortune of arriving maybe coming home on Sunday in thinking yeah. that, like maybe I can shoot some Thargoids. Uh, but there might be an alternative solution, for example, um, maybe placing in permanent conflict zones uh, in some systems uh, might be a good idea. For example, we had this uh, happen, although it was a bug, it was confirmed as a bug. Uh, we had basically two systems that has been cleared, but they retained uh, conflict zones for a while. For hmm. like a week and a half, I think. Yeah. Again, it was all. It's all recorded in that same uh, Google docu- document, uh, and we called them Schrodinger systems because they were <laughs> sim- simultaneously in incursion and not in incursion. And yeah. we had some 
uh, faint hope that that is intentional so that people can actually go and have some content when the systems are cleared. Um, but no, they were removed after a while. Uh, and yeah, we know that is a bug. Again, uh, for example, this um, interstellar initiative can provide an opportunity, convenient opportunity, an excuse to, uh, to place some permanent uh, conflict zones in systems in Pleiades, for example. We can yeah. volunteer our own home system of HR1185 uh, since it doesn't have any large stations, since Frontier is ignoring us on our CG request. Uh, <laughs> uh, we would very much like to have any sort of way to maybe engage our players, train our pilots uh, on the, let's call them, them off days when everything is clear already. Well, would you would you advocate a system in which um, conflict zones persisted all week and the 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 count of whether you cleared it or not was done every Thursday on the server tick? Uh, honestly, I would advocate that. Well, yeah, maybe. Why not? Again, that that would be a alternative solution that we just again, as Gluttony mentioned, that make it so that uh, Galnet reports that Targoids are retreating, but that means that the conflict zones are still here until the tick. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Are, yeah, that would work. It's, are, it's a bit gamier, but it doesn't it doesn't ensure that everybody can get a bite at the cherry. Yeah, we are confident that we didn't screw up, so the, all the further stations are safe, uh, but people can still fight if we wish to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, sound, that sounds sensible. Um, right, there's... Um, there's a few bugs that have been plaguing players that have been um, trying to engage the Thargoids. Um, there's a couple of them. Um, Ed, uh, Edelweiss kindly posted um, a couple of them. Uh, the Thargoid heart bug and um, uh, and issues with wings um, attacking Thargoids. Have you guys been affected by these? Um, <laughs> that's an old bug. <laughs> That's I, I apologize That's been there forever. Really? I apologize. Yeah, it's it's. Um, let's just say we are. I am the one who submitted that issue. All of them, actually. Uh, so that basically answers that question. Uh, I am basically responsible for all of the IX uh, issues submitted on the issue tracker because I try to organize people and uh, collect all the evidence so developers can fix them faster, although so far it's not been the case mm. uh, in terms of fixing faster, I mean. Uh, so yeah, all of the bugs that are on the tracker I've personally experienced. Gluttony, sometimes Gluttony was with me at that same time. Uh, some of them are persistent since the beta of 3.3, uh, and most of them have been reported in the beta feedback forum. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, Thargoids seem to have uh, like additional issues related to wings, networking, and synchronization in general. I'm not sure why, uh, but uh, those uh, issues are not present when fighting normal NPCs. So I just have to assume that they've, they've been coded differently or there's something going on with them. Uh, and it for longest time, it was basically more dangerous to fight Thargoids in wings than it was to fight them alone, uh, mainly due wow. to the heat uh, scaling issue and the swarm scaling bug. Yeah. Uh, do you know what those are, or should I... Um, for yeah, the if, you could, so? 
if you could talk, talk us through the, the well, actually, yeah, both of them, I know them, but our listeners might not. Yeah, so the both of those bugs were basically caused by the same issue, uh, as in the damage, uh, certain types of damage taken by players were multiplied by the number of players in the instance. Yes, you heard it correctly, it was multiplied. So if there's two people, it's double the damage, three, triple the damage, and so on. Up to, well, 45 times the damage uh, during our uh, Hydra Instagib event. Have you, uh, um, has this been fixed now? Yes, uh, both of those bugs have been thankfully fixed, and those are, those are, I think I'm basically uh, fine saying that, that those bugs were the ones that uh, prevented us from clearing incursions. Uh, once those bugs have been fixed, uh, we were able to organize groups uh, of people to clear the incursions, uh, config zone specifically, and that's when we uh, achieved our personal record of cleaning like what is was it 11 incursions in a week or something like that i remember that yeah yes i still have that screenshot on my uh somewhere uh yeah that was the week after the uh bug were fixed so you can you can see the impact so yeah i actually didn't mean didn't specify but yeah the types of damage that were multiplied was the heat damage to modules so if you overheat yourself uh, you will take module damage, as you probably know. Yeah. And uh, since, um, due to another balancing issue with AX currently, the Gauss cannons are basically the only weapon that we recommend using. And those are obviously, being rail guns, copy pasta, they are mostly hot. Mm. So it is very easy to overheat yourself. And it was very dangerous because, like, immediately after you go over 100%, you start taking module damage and with the large group and can burn your ship in seconds. Gosh, yeah. Uh, same thing happened with the swarm damage, actually, which was very surprising because it did not happen with the damage of the interceptor itself. We're, again, not sure why. But yeah, the swarm damage, the damage done by the swarm's green small projectiles that they uh, shoot at you, was also multiplied by the number of people in the instance, which led to a very interesting situation when you can be an, on full shields and full hull uh, one second, and after a single pass of a bus, like even a cyclops swarm, you would be uh, nearly dead or entirely dead. I, I have a recording somewhere and a couple of screenshots of my AX Corvette that has roughly 7k hull integrity and 7k shield strength, raw, raw shield strength, without pips, obviously, being taken from, again, full shields, full hull to 15% hull and no shields in under three seconds. <laughs> I calculated it was roughly 600 DPS or something. Gosh. Maybe, maybe uh- slightly more. Uh, so yeah, both those two bugs have been fixed, and we also are aware of the bug that uh, apparently damage to SRVs have been scaling with number of people in the instance as well. Although since we don't do combat in SRVs, uh, it was not affecting us. No, I remember the um, I did I did hear actually that um, I was told that when that the the issue of damage multiplying by number of people in an instance was actually due to the the fact that the system is peer to peer and basically one of you would you know one participant in a in an instance would register damage and then report that damage to, to all the other people in the instance as the system works and then each uh each other player would 
um, their system would uh, the, the the game would add that to their own damage total um, and report that to everybody else. So everybody's um, uh, so basically, you know, if, if it has been if it was being tallied in the on the on the frontier server, then everybody would would get the correct damage. But it was because everybody was reporting all their damage to each other, and then each other were adding it to their own. Um, and apparently, it was quite an easy fix. Um, so, uh, but it's yeah, it's, it's clearly the same issue um, with Thargoids as it is with the SRV. Yeah, um, that, that might very well be the case. And honestly, it was a very rookie mistake on the part of the programmer who designed it. And <laughs> basically, right after we reported it and got uh, that whole uh, support from both AX, PvE, and PvP community in, in specifically, uh, behind that issue, it was fixed in the next patch almost immediately. So yeah. it was indeed an easy fix. Totally good. Is... Slightly fine. So to build on the, again, apologies for the sudden burst of laughter, but uh, <laughs> uh, to, to build on the list of things that are wrong with fighting the bugs, it literally we're fighting the bugs that are bugged. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like my colleague mentioned, heat scale bug meant, you know, mostly we use the meta weapon, which is Gauss cannons. And as you know, they're very heat intensive. And so if you just in a wing setting, especially a large wing setting, if you just go 1% above 100, or even at 100, you can kiss goodbye to most of your modules because they will be melted by heat due to the multiplication issue. So you get to enjoy broken guns, broken thrusters, broken shields, broken everything <laughs> within seconds. <laughs> and on top of that, like uh, Rob mentioned, damage scale bug meant that... Uh, yeah, you can't bring the biggest ship is not always the best idea because you just catch more damage. And yeah, a meta totally whole tank shield tank cutter can just implode within a single pass. It happens. So we also have problem with infinite swarm where the Thargoid just starts having a diarrhea of swarm one after another. And that's the fortunate type because the next one is uh, duplicate swarms. That means not just a single Thargoid, from what we encountered, I think it was a Basilisk specifically, was able to spawn seven independent swarms of 96. I'm not going to do the math. At the same time. (laughs) So the entire instance is full of people going like, I'm dying, help me, please. (laughs) Because everyone got a swarm to themselves. So... Besides that, we also have instances where a single, I think it was a Cyclops, I remember, spawned a single swarm of a 256. <laughs> what? And yeah, let's just say that that Cyclops was very quickly demolished, and that swarm probably killed a few of us by obvious reasons. And then to add on to that, we also have Invisible Swarm, even more deadly than all the previous versions because you don't even know where they are. They're just in the instance somewhere. One of the uh, users acknowledged their existence. Everyone else just doesn't even register that they're there. So the next time that you suddenly get damage in a wing fighting and fighting Thargoids when nothing is near you, that's what's happening. There's an Invisible Swarm out. Right. And to add on to that, Invisible Goids, where there's an Invisible Goid shooting at you that you don't know where it is or if it exists at all you you have no idea uh invisible hearts invincible hearts the worst thing because you 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 keep shooting at that heart you know you're nailing it it just doesn't take damage we we have come to win those battles 
we we have come to just literally recommend people shooting other pedals that are still act other hearts that are still active because sometimes that works better than shooting at the heart that the game is telling you it's being exerted. So to even more after that, we have the spin goids where they the, the goids decides to do a stop and then a ballet swing swirling around in the circle. Not sure what it's trying to do. Maybe Beyblade? Oh, we don't know. But uh, <laughs> it, it does that and usually it doesn't take damage and the person has to jump out of the instance and then jump back in. Uh, to go even further, we have uh, well, one of our lovely overseers have coined the term ass lightning <laughs> i love the target weight is supposed to only be able to hit you from like a somewhat 90 degree not 90 degree 180 degree angle with the lightning well th- this one it does 360 it-, it literally lightning you from from its back we don't know how <laughs> but it does besides that we also have blink drives the Thargoid's secret technology of bouncing back and forth rubber banding in from one location to another within seconds <laughs> Yeah, whenever that happens, we just uh, we are very bemused and not sure what to think after that. Then yeah, we also have combat lo- locking Thargoids, where literally it's just like, okay, I'm done, I'm losing, click, it disappears. <laughs> and then people are just like, hmm. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, so sometimes after we kill the Thargoid, after a person jumps out of the instance, the instance gets a little funny, and the Thargoid that we just killed comes back to life out of nowhere. I mean, it's great for bonds. It's it's great for collecting bonds, but it just comes out of nowhere. It just revived itself. Or, this is this is even better, a Thargoid in the middle of a fight just decides to do a quantum split and split in two. Wow. Yep. And... <laughs> Always maybe, the same time. Maybe this is how Thargoids reproduce. I, I know. <laughs> this, this, we're, we're not, we are fighting bugs after all, so we're not sure and what is working as intended and what is, what, what yeah. is working as... Uh, <laughs> Life finds a way. It, it does. It, it really does. But thankfully, the more offending issues with these instances have been somewhat mitigated with... Frontier's efforts that we commend them, but we hope that they keep up the good work and ensure that these bugs are as not bugged as possible. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, 100 Rub, do you want to jump in? Uh, yes, I was just uh, wanting to mention that basically most of those issues are obviously due to instancing, networking, and synchronizing problems. Uh, because, yeah, there's a thing that we call instance splitting when after some trigger, uh, the instance may be literally split in two, uh, meaning that some people might fight... Basically, yeah, Thargoids... There's two versions of a Thargoid, one in each separate instance, yeah. and a part of players uh, can fight one version and another can fight another version. And after some triggers, the reverse can occur, and the instance might collapse into each other uh, with... Uh, basically different results depending on luck. Sometimes there's literally a second Thargoid appearing out of nowhere. Sometimes that one single Thargoid can revert uh, to that, uh, basically can regrow hearts, Mm. can be healed, uh, including being healed completely. It can do multiple very weird things, and uh, those are obviously due to well, problems with communicating the state of that set Thargoid between clients. 
Uh, Frontier have acknowledged all of those problems, but that's basically the problem in itself. We have not uh, received much of the of like anything besides we are looking into that, including the post on the uh, bug report form in three point three. I've gone into many like into so much length as to timestamp the whole uh, was it almost two hour recording of our attempt of uh, at cleaning a config zone yeah with all of the different bugs and so on uh and i have not received any word from that either either no reply uh, yes so the, the only thing they got before that is that yes they are aware of most of those problems and they're looking into that and that i have to remind you was during the 3.3 beta Wow. Okay. Uh, since the introduction of the new uh, issue tracker, we have submitted all of those issues. Uh, we had them confirmed, and they have the acknowledged um, sticker basically on them. Uh, but we are not sure if it actually means that they're acknowledged, because uh, basically all of the confirmed issues right now receive that sticker automatically. Or yeah, some somebody manually just stamps it on everything. So we will talk uh, results, and so far nothing besides those two issues have been fixed. The two issues oh. being um, damage multiplier and heat multiplier. Well, yeah, I'm not entirely fair because there was an interesting uh, sound issue uh, when firing multiple Gauss cannons created like very very annoying distortions and corruptions of the sound mm. uh, for some reason uh, and that appeared and disappeared as quickly as it went because it's still not uh, um, not marked as fixed on the issue tracker but for all intents and purposes it is fixed nobody saw that back in ages uh, and there was a very interesting and amusing issue with the flag launcher so again, for the listeners' benefit, the flag launcher is the only weapon that can be used against the Thargon Swarm, uh, which is a major part of DPS of the Goit itself, which is very dangerous. So you don't generally want to leave it alone. And there was a very interesting thing that once the flag launcher, the module itself, uh, malfunctioned, even once, it would continue malfunctioning 100% of the time until you repair the station. So you even if you dipped below 80% uh, integrity, which is when the malfunction can happen, and got a malfunction once, that module is basically useless. Yeah, okay. Whereas actually the malfunction at 80% is supposed to be a... A, a chance. Thing. A chance, yeah. yeah. It was it's supposed to be a chance, but it was basically 100% from that point onward. And yeah. that was thankfully fixed. But in return, we lost the uh, explosion effects on flag shells itself. Yeah, I saw that. I noticed the, that. The fireworks are unfortunately gone, and we want our fireworks back from here. <laughs> what are these ammo spins, then? Uh, ammo spins? Gluttony fang, do you want to tell us? Right. So the reason why a malfunctioning flag is very, well, useless is because how the flag functions is it remotely detonates once you let go of the fire button, and it goes in a straight line, so it travels towards the swarm. And when you want to detonate it, it will just detonate in the area designate, you designated to. So when it malfunctions, the ammo doesn't travel in a straight line anymore. The flag around itself starts doing a spin 
<laughs> it travels forwards in a spiral. So imagining having difficulty aiming flag as is with it going in a straight line, try to imagine having 100% of the time trying to use a ammunition that is spiraling towards <laughs> a live swarm and you're trying to detonate it at the precise right time some people have gotten very good at it i'll admit it's impressive but please no <laughs> um so um okay so so plenty of plenty of potential problems um some of our if there was a hypothetical listener who had not engaged any thargoid combat at all and were, and were aware that you guys are two of the leaders of the axi which is the um the most well-known uh, des- like dedicated anti-thargoid group. Um, a listener might uh, might think, "Oh well, these guys—they're moaning about bugs, but this is all they this is all they do in Elite Dangerous all day." Um, of course, you know, of course, they're going to encounter more bugs than most people. Um, would do you think there is any virtue to that criticism, or are these bugs the kind of things that a casual player could encounter and, and would be likely to encounter? There is. Well, a- Problem, yeah. Uh, let me just uh, quickly mention that uh, those bugs are mostly not present in solo. So if somebody would to engage target interceptor solo, he would not uh, see any of those issues, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that those issues can happen in as low a population instance as two people. We have tested that and we have evidence. So even if you decide to get anybody, you like your friend uh, together killing some Thargoids, you will definitely see those issues. What, so have... as soon as you wing up with somebody, you're likely to encounter one yes. of these bugs. Yes, yeah, okay. and that's that's the problem. You might get all of them at the same time, but if you kill a 100 Thargoids in your AX career, you will see most of them. I can yeah. guarantee you. But the problem is that, uh, which was what actually slowed down the identification process is that some of those issues are not very obvious. For example, that heart, invincible heart issue. Yeah. uh, People might just think that they're missing. Yeah. Uh, And it took uh, several instances when people were just face-to-face to the Thargoid and hammering that heart over and over with direct hits with multiple weapons and it not taking any damage Mm. on tape, on recording. Uh, when we finally figured out that was actually a thing and it was not just people missing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, gosh. So, so, yeah. Um, so the, um, yeah, okay, so it's so it's the kind of thing that people are definitely going to encounter as soon as they start uh, playing with more, in more than just solo, um, although some of those bugs are a little bit, uh, a little bit devious and they might not be able to identify them. Um, somebody asked earlier in the chat um, whether... Uh, whether most players were were comfortable reporting these bugs, and whether people were were taking to the were using the new reporting system um, enough, have you have you been frustrated by other players' lack of willingness to report these, or are people being quite good about it? That is a very hard thing to say for sure, because uh, I for once uh, was urging people to not submit spurious and hard like. Uh, not researched reports because there are definitely multiple reports for basically all of the issues on tracker, but they are boarded in the same, like basically a way of the player that has been frustrated and doesn't really understand what's going on. Yeah. So basically I shoot at Thargoid and it doesn't die uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. type of way. 
and it obviously doesn't help if developers like i might um like wine at frontier as an entity and i definitely do but i do respect uh developers like the actual developers who write the stuff because well i'm one of them one of the programmers um i know how hard it is to create a complex project so i strive to make their job as easy as possible with everything i can do yeah uh, and yes i try to coordinate people to go and vote for the issues uh like core like in a organized fashion so that they can be pushed to the top so frontier can be can have all the evidence and all of the theory and all of the research we've done into those issues at one place yeah yeah okay fair enough go on yeah what i was gonna say was um conversation probably moved on um from when i originally was going to say it but one of the bugs i've seen exploited by people um is you get the Thargoid's ability to respawn the swarm stuck. So you just leave one or two Thargons alive and it doesn't spawn anymore. And you can just sit there and just kill it and shoot it. And in fact, the first Medusa takedown, I think, had the same bug. And I, it still happens. And I just think that's kind of really cheesing it. Because if you glitch it by deliberately getting the Thargon stuck, I'm not even sure that she's actually count to kill. Because it's almost like getting a boss stuck on the scenery in a raid just to kill it. It just really it annoys me because the, the mechanics of the fight are potentially really interesting. It's just that it's bugged and or exploitable that just seems to kind of negate the whole thing. Um, I'm not entirely sure which sort of being stuck you're meaning here. But basically, it stops the. So let's say you you, you have a standard Cyclops swarm, hmm. and you kill all but two or three of the Cyclops swarm, but it doesn't actually spawn anymore. So it so much of the Cyclops' DPS is now gone, and then you can do it with Medusas and Hydras and. I think that's how it works, though, Shane, isn't it? Uh, there's a couple different problems, I guess, that can relate to that. First of all, yes, generally speaking, that's how it works. Uh, so if you um, leave... But it's on a rage time. It's, it's on a rage time. It's on yes, a there, timer. There, there are multiple mechanics that work on top of the swarm. Uh, so if you leave the swarm alive and... Uh, its lifetime basically ends when, for example, there's a time to release another swarm. There's two possibilities. First of all, that swarm can uh, just kamikaze suicide into you, turn into missiles, and be dead, die off, and this interceptor can spawn another swarm. Or that uh, swarm can return to the interceptor and be replenished. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes it doesn't happen, but that's an uh, artificial intelligence issue. So Thargoid might be stuck. Again, the heart cycle reset bug that is also on um, uh, the tracker is basically that same issue. Thargoid AI being reset in some instances, which leads to unintended behavior, and uh, which can be detrimental or beneficial to the player, uh, depending on the situation. 
But you can replicate it, can't you? If you know the sequence, you can get it. You can deliberately make it get stuck in that. Again, there's uh, those issues are only present in multiplayer. The, in solo, it it just works almost one hundred percent of the time. So uh, that's like like you describe it. It is not an issue to us. At least we don't think it is because we. First of all, it is actually very hard to leave the swarm alive at so low a number. And second of all, there are ways for the Thargoid to spawn new swarms. And it will generally spawn new swarms unless there is some sort of multiplayer issue. And then, then all bets are off. We have we specifically have different ranks for people for different kills, depending on if it's solo or in multiplayer and with how many people you've done it. Because we know that basically only solo kills are working like 99% of the time. I, I have to mention that there, there are other ways to exploit Thargoids. Uh, I'm not going to mention them because we try to keep them sort of secret. We have, been, we have reported them to Frontier via private channels. Obviously, no reply, as usual. Uh, but yeah, that's far from the greatest problem uh, of cheesing Thargoids. There are much worse situations. It sounds like there's plenty of bugs working against players as well as uh, it, for every one that occasionally works for them. Um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. Gluttony Fang, do you want to jump in? Gluttony Fang? Gluttony. Nope, clearly not. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, sorry, <laughs> did not notice that it shut itself off. Uh, so on the intended effect of um, exploiting Thargoids, it, like uh, uh, Rob mentioned, it mostly occurs in multiplayer. And when it comes to sing, uh, solo uh, again, soloing against Thargoids, using or rather avoiding the swarm mechanics is actually a valid choice of um in fact, one of the examples, one of the more prominent examples, is soloing hydras using um, vultures. So heat mechanic, when it comes to thyroids, when you when your ship is running relatively cold, the thyroids main cannons as well as the swarm will miss you completely if you do a relatively perfect orbit around the thyroid. That is a valid strategy. But at the same time, you need to balance your heat with the output of your Gauss cannons or whatever weapon you're using. So while it's not necessarily cheesing the Thargoid, it's just approaching it a little differently. As in leaving the Thargoid swarm at a low number, in solo, like uh, Rob mentioned, they're just going to kamikaze you if you leave them alone, and then a new swarm will come out. Or... What most likely will happen is they just die off, so the Thargoid can spawn a new one. Okay, yeah, fair enough. What do you guys feel about the um, rewards for killing Thargoids? You know, the the amount of credits and or whatever, as opposed to the amount of effort involved in doing it and repair costs. And they are right. definitely low, too low, in my opinion. Like. Uh, the reward for Cyclops is reasonable, uh, like compared to its difficulty, uh, but everything above that is not uh, not reasonable. Like Basilisk is a considerable step up in difficulty uh, compared to Cyclops, and 
even three times more credits doesn't really cut it. You don't like it's on the border of being acceptable. I would very much like see Basilisk maybe be eight million or ten million credits, and everything after that it's it's just pathetically low. Like Hydra being worth uh, fifty million uh, is just definitely not enough because it is that fifteen uh, or fifth or five fifteen, zero? fifteen. It's one five. Wow. One five. Yes. Uh, currently, with all of the bugs we have now, it takes close to an hour, if not more, usually to take on a Hydra uh, in a wing of people. Uh, And it's like, it's not worth it. It it has to be something like 50 million, actually, 5-0, for it to be worth it uh, with the current level of effort it requires to take down. Remind me what the what the cash rewards are for interceptors it is 2 million for cyclops 6 million for basilisk 10 million for medusa and 15 million for hydra yeah okay yeah clearly cyclops is cyclops is clearly the the one to go for you can take uh, them out quite quickly depends yes it, again we're not doing it for cash basically i'm not sure if anybody in ax no. <laughs> uh, ever kills targoids for cash because it just doesn't pay enough. People do it for challenge, and different variants of targoids offer unique challenges. Uh, but yeah, compared to the um, like effort needed to learn the fight and the time it takes to execute it, especially in solo, it doesn't pay enough. Okay, and, and what about... Um, go on, sorry. Uh, and in multiplayer, we have all of the issues that drag it on even further, even if it makes it somewhat easier in the return yeah so I mean, you might have just slightly answered that um question that springs to mind is why why fly in wings if it's so problematic um does does the added benefit of having more people m- make the bugs worth it uh it is a hard question to answer directly because uh, generally flying with people is fun and let's yeah. face it we are playing this game for fun uh, at least most of us i think uh, and we like we like to uh, educate people. We like to train people. We offer mentorship services to our recruits. So we have mentors that are dedicated to teaching new people. And all of those issues that we have currently basically uh, make their jobs much harder because well, they have to work around the issues and they have to. For example, if a mentor takes uh, a recruit on on a Cyclops duo, even even if a Cyclops can be easily soloed by that mentor at that point, there might be a situation when the mentor uh, becomes the chosen one, as we call it, for the invincible hard bug. So he becomes <laughs> he becomes the only one who can de- deal damage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes it sense. means that the recruit learns basically nothing because no matter what he does, he will not be able to deal any damage to the Thargoid. And that, yeah. that training session is basically wasted. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see. Right, um, Ventura's uh, made a good point, um, and I was going to raise this earlier as well. What about uh, what about non-credit rewards for Thargoid combat, like uh, combat rating? Uh, Thargoids count uh, currently, if I recall correctly, as one single elite NPC. Uh, they used to count for more, 
at least uh, that what I was hearing. I've not tested it until recently, and currently I think they count as one elite NPC. What the what is the problem is that uh, both scouts and interceptors count the the same combat rank wise. That's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, you are basically there's no real reason to kill interceptors if you want uh, combat rank. So just mm. go and farm scouts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, um, I think that's we've probably covered the bugs um, fairly exhaustively in, in both senses of the word. Um, let's talk about the uh, the way that the uh, the story is developing. Um, you guys have been closer to this than probably any other players over the last year or so. Where do you think? Um, I guess first question is: Were you surprised by uh, by the latest um, developments in the Pleiades and the attack on Palin? Um, attack on Palin itself was definitely a surprise because, well, it was and wasn't at the same time. Because yeah, attack on the facility itself was a neat thing because so far. Uh, there was no real attacks on any dockable facilities, planet-wise, planetary facilities, only on uh, orbital stations or like non-populated settlements. Yeah. Uh, so that is gives us some hope that maybe in the future the targets will actually be able to attack planetary settlements because, like right now. Uh, targets exclusively go for large pad stations, ignoring all outposts, all installations all um, planetary settlements exclusively as if they are not even there so having some having them attack a planetary settlement must have been quite refreshing yes but again it turned out that is basically there's no visual change the base itself is completely intact and it just it just has its services disabled it's not even burning and uh, it just spawns endless waves of scouts and not even interceptors yeah. what is interesting is the uh, module UPS service still works because <laughs> I, I, I had about 400 million worth of thrusters stored at Palin Space, you know, ready to engineer and use. And my first thought when I thought when it gone is, oh, have I lost all those modules? But you can still retrieve them from this non-existent working base now. So yeah. I would suggest if you've got modules there, though, I would transport them out sooner rather than later because yeah. you never know. You never know. They, they could potentially... Um, I don't think this would happen because there'd be, there'd be a cacophony on the forums, but they could potentially replace the asset of the Palin base with a, with a wreckage and, and leave him in arc permanently. Right. Um, so yeah, so, yeah especially with how <laughs> how sudden the attack came underway and also how it, the marker the settlement marker just disappeared literally when i went to visit i had to <laughs> look online be like okay where's the coordinates yeah me too <laughs> and i'm like okay let me, let me drop in oh oh it's under attack let, let me repel the thyroids but yes in terms of the progression of the plot so far quote-unquote I would say that, yes, it's refreshing for Thargoids to be, even if scouts, to be visiting uh, landable um, planetary outposts, whatnot. Uh, even if it's an engineering base, it's just good to see that Frontier are exploring new avenues of storytelling methods and using their assets. Even if it's not brand new assets, using assets in different interesting com uh, combined ways, especially considering that this update or rather sequence of event did not take a server takedown, 
to accomplish despite the oh my god you shot in a no fire zone why are you shooting thargoids in the no fire zone stop shooting you're fined (laughs) even though that took a server uh repair for that to start working functionally i still like to commend uh frontier for updating and giving this kind of content in live setting so See, that's frustrating as well because they had exactly the same event happen with the gnosis event and other things so you'd think when they'd put someone like this they'd check they'd make sure the um the friendly fire thing was sorted out because i say it was it, that was that sort of thing that ruined the gnosis event wasn't it yeah, totally. Well, it, it definitely caught the explorers off guard. We were just sitting there going like, okay, where are the Thargoids? We want to fight them. The explorers got off their pad and go like, why are there Thargoids around us? Why are they shooting us? What's this EMP? <laughs> But to get back on topic, in terms of where the event is, or rather the plot is progressing, it's good to see that they're kind of leading players to investigate scenarios with the megaship, especially with Carson Spring, even though it was a little wonky for some players. It had a repair, hull repair mechanic, and it had an evacuation mechanic, and it weaved Thargoid attacks in between, which I think is a good way of presenting content to the players it feels that they are finally starting to bring content together different type of content they created together and not so exclusive to discover so where i see the story head from here with the much anticipated carrier update is that maybe just maybe with this quote-unquote change in tactics the thargoids are uh, taking up on themselves maybe we'll see a, see a hive ship along with the carrier update that is our hope anyway it's been trailed. It's been trailed in the um, uh, in the codex. There's plenty of mentions of the motherships or hive ships in um, in the game lore, so they presumably are coming sooner or later. There was something else as well, and I, it's not replicating down there, but it was uh, copied on the forum where Palin kind of issues a statement, and he basically says, "Yes, it was a setback, and we lost the lab. However," We managed to take with us and use the information to create a new sort of drive, which would allow movement of big ships um, more than once a week, uh, and that would soon be available to squadrons by the end of the year. <laughs> that, that, that's sorry. Where did you see that? That's, that's presumably that's fan wank. No, it was it was written as though it was written as from down there. I can't see the um, the link. And it didn't read like it was uh, fan fiction. You know, you can usually tell. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I would very much like to take a look at that as well. Yeah, I'm having a look at the. Uh, I'm having a look at Galnet now, and I, I must admit, I can't see anything about. It would be. It would be a reasonable assumption, I guess, because yeah, people have been. Uh, crying and warning frontiers that if they would make uh, carriers jump on server ticks exclusively, they would be completely useless. And I think they even confirmed that they would be able to move uh, more frequent than that. So... From what I heard, once the resources needed for the jump is gathered, the jump will take place right away. Well, uh, I hope we can actually, you know, store the resources before that and orchestrate the jump yeah well we've we've talked about carriers on the show multiple times and if there's any sort of resource gathering needed to make it jump um people will just use discord yeah why would you 
why would you pay, why would you play two hours just to make a ship jump somewhere when you can travel there after issuing a Discord note? It just doesn't. Yeah. It depends on what the carrier brings to the table. For example, having a carrier present in a system or interacting with a mechanic is either necessary or extremely beneficial. If the cost uh, is not outweighed by the ben- uh, if the cost is outweighed by the benefit, then I can see players actually motivating themselves to make the jump and make the commitment. Yeah. Well, yeah. you just use a nearby space station, wouldn't you? Right. We've. The uh, the carriers are a huge subject, and we could um, uh, no doubt we'll have a couple of episodes between now and their eventual release, in which we'll um, uh, in which we'll get to talk about them a bit more. Um, But let's let's leave that for another episode. Um, So moving on from uh, from the Thargoids, the um, I think from my perspective, the uh, the most important bit of community news in the last week has been the release of Sagittarius I issue 23. But then again, I'm fairly biased about that. Um, so on Thursday, uh, the 23rd issue was released um, and uh, both in web PDF and uh, audio podcast version, uh, beautifully brought to life by our professional and amateur voice actors, as well as wonderful designers and artists. Um, Ben, you were you involved in twenty three, or were you a, were you claiming LaveCon leave for all of it? I twenty three. I think I might have kicked it off, and then thrown it up at the end, and then walked away while actually all the work was being done. <laughs> you threw the plates up in the air and let somebody else spin them. Yeah, <laughs> jolly good. Well, uh, if you haven't seen it already, hop on to. Uh, www.sagittarius-i.com where you can find the latest issue. Um, We've just um, redone our website as well, so it's very shiny and and, uh, and new. Uh, Our archive is currently undergoing maintenance, but that will be back up shortly, so you can download all the previous issues. And we have, in fact, covered um, the AXI in several issues, as well as uh, a three-part Xeno Combat Guide, which we released earlier this year, um, kicking off, I think, with issue 17 of the magazine. Steve, on that note, can I apologise to Commander Payne Beaver for doing a terrible accent? I don't know what I know. Really? But so, if he does sound a bit like this, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah, and actually, 100 Rub and Gluttony Fang, we have definitely impersonated you in, uh, in issues previously. I'm so sorry, and guys. Most of our voice actors seem to, seem to find it hilarious to put on amusing regional accents. So I don't know what you've been made to sound like, but rest assured that you sound ridiculous in all of the issues that you've been quoted in. Oh, don't worry. I, I, I have been honoured by uh, the Hutton Orbital plenty of times with the no, interesting no. accents I've been provided with. So, uh, what a mugs. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah, you've got you've had some pretty good accents by Dave, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Although Atrus 5060 probably gets my favourite one. <laughs> what accents he got? Oh, God. Uh, we need Grant for that, don't we? It's like... Hello, Atrus5060 here, and this is your hot and thingy report with something. And <laughs> it's, it, that, I, can't, I can't do it, but... Is that what, you, is that what your drag act would sound like, uh, Ben? <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> well, let's, let's get back on topic. Probably uh, not, actually, no. Fair enough. All right, well, on to, we'll talk about Ben's drag act another week. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, shout outs. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30 at uh, HTTP, uh, blah, 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 tv.forthemug.com or um, radio.forthemug.com um, for just the audio. Um, if you like CQC and you want to get more involved in it, then um, hop on to the CQC Discord, um, which is for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action. Um, thank you very much to um, Ben. Have you had any any visitors this evening in game? Have any commanders? Um... We have actually. We've had loads of commanders around. Um, so one hundred rods been about. Excellent. Um, Kogel's been here. Uh, Commander Sprox has been around, Snake, Mike Metallic, Jabal, Zla's been here, Lee Havel, uh, Raw Behemoth. Um... Anyone shot you? No one shot me. So it's, um... a, rollover. it's, it's a rollover week. Then, yeah, it? it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We did. So last night, because um, last night I, I was interdicted by a, what, a pirate. Uh, so I'll, I'll give him a shout out because it, it was a very nice interaction uh, by Commander IDMN8, who's in code. Uh, so he interdicted me last night when I was coming out to see Carson Spring, and yeah, we had a little chat, and then he just like, right, uh, do you want to do some PvP? No, not really. That's a shame, as he opened fire on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I had a feeling this was coming, so I basically went and high waked out of there. Lovely. Um, right. Yeah, Brave Yeah, I, I went off and I, I found him on the code Discord server and said hi and wished him best of luck next time. Lovely. All right. Well, um, yeah, if you're still in um, ARC, then do please take a pot shot at Commander Edelweiss. Do us all please don't. <laughs> Definitely please don't, because I'm writing up the show notes at the moment. <laughs> I'm not well, even now, in game. Now's the perfect opportunity. He's not even. He's not even. He's <laughs> might see. Um, thank you also to those commanders who have been in the Twitch chat. I haven't got it open. Do we have any commanders in the Twitch chat? Again, loads. Loads. Good. Loads. Um, um, and that is all for another episode of Lave Radio. Um, if you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Hop on to facebook.com forward slash Lave Radio. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at Lave Radio. Um, and you can join our Discord chat channel by going to discord.io forward slash Lave Radio. We also have a TeamSpeak server um, where commanders come to hang out and chat, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Who uses TeamSpeak anymore? Why do we keep saying this? Um, all the awesome guys use TeamSpeak still. Yeah, fair. They're all dads. That's, that's oh, we! Uh, <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> that's because Discord takes an hour and a half to download from Hutton. Um, yes, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> uh, Live radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at eight thirty in front of the studio audience, <laughs> and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, thank you very much to our um, special guests, a hundred rub and gluttony fang. It's been really, really good having you on. By the way. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you also to Commander Edelweiss, uh, Commander Shan, Commander Kurgle, um, and the glamorous Commander Ventura, who's been on tech. Um, I've been Commander Souverine. Um, so until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 23rd of July, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Palin bound for the bubble after Thargoid bust-up. Ashling's anti-slavery group buys slaves. Drug barons wiped out by federal bust. A new recruit for the Dom. Palin bound for the bubble after Thargoid bust-up. Professor Palin, the annoyingly distant engineer, who used to live nearly 500 light-years from the bubble, has announced that he plans to set up shop in a system only one jump from lave. Following Thargoid interference at his old research centre in Maya last week, Palin escaped in the megaship Carson Spring. Despite fears for his safety, the megaship has now arrived intact in the Alliance-controlled ARC system in the Old Worlds cluster with Aegis Research claiming the credit for protecting the ship. Professor Palin has announced his intention to re-establish his old engineering services at Able Laboratory on Arc 4E, where he'll be safe from Thargoid attack. It is not known whether he will still require pilots to risk their lives to collect Thargoid sensor fragments before he'll work with them, or what work will be undertaken to dismantle and dispose of the buildings of the old Palin Research Centre in an environmentally sensitive way. Now, even the laziest members of the Lave Radio crew can get their drives dirty. In related news, the Incompetent Alliance has failed to complete their appeal for assistance to establish bases in the Witchhead Nebula, meaning that they'll only get two Acela starports and two megaships. 
both the Federation and the Empire easily completed their parallel appeals and are expected to establish two Acela starports and three megaships. And the Buckyball Racing Club have admitted they chose a bad week to run a race in the Pleiades, with the Thargoids repeatedly stopping race contestants to ask for autographs. The club is already working on a mysterious new race, which may appeal to those who like silence. Ashling's anti-slavery group buys slaves. Muddle-headed princess Ashling Duval is under renewed criticism after it was revealed that her anti-slavery organisation Unchain has purchased 4,000 Imperial slaves in the Eotiensis system. According to Duval, she intends to put her new slave army to work, building a headquarters for Unchain in Port Isabel. Wiggy Duval reiterated during a press conference this week that Unchain remains committed to replacing imperial slavery with more civilised welfare and employment programmes, but not before its new base has been built. She also claimed that the slaves had been purchased for their own good, and that they enjoyed it. Drug barons wiped out by federal bust. The Federal Intelligence Agency has struck hard and often this week, as it seeks to wipe the Red Family off the face of the galaxy. Thousands of arrests have been made and many key organisers have been killed. The whereabouts of the leader of the family, Oberon Church, are not yet clear. The strikes followed intelligence that the Red Family was about to unleash a new and highly addictive narcotic within the Federation that could have posed a significant threat to security. It's understood that both the manufacturing and storage facilities used by the Red Family have been obliterated, and that the FIA has saved the day. A new recruit for the Dom. Evil Kamora leader Don Antonacci, who's been responsible for siphoning off materials intended to repair Thargoid-damaged stations, has revealed privately that Stephen Benedetti, also known as Boss Benedetti, who ostensibly works for mild-mannered, kimono-wearing Blood Bowl enthusiast William Flanagan, who is also slightly disturbingly known as Monsieur Willie, is in fact a deeply embedded organised crime leader who is only pretending to be a bumbling new commander, and who has a supply of horseheads ready for anyone who crosses him. Good luck, commanders, with Boss Benedetti in the galaxy. You're going to need it. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Night-night.